Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shedderman. This is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. I know so many of you excited 2022 is here. You have new goals. You're super excited about so many things. So let's get some races on the calendar, shall we? Specifically, the Eugene Marathon. That's right. The weekend of May 1st, Eugene Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K will be there. And it is something that I am personally extremely excited about. That's right. I will be there. I'll be doing live shows, a whole lead up to Eugene. I'm excited about running a marathon for, I think, the first time where I'm actually starting my training build in shape. All right, let's do it now. Eugene, why Eugene? First of all, it's Tracktown USA. Also, you finish at Hayward Field. That's right, Hayward Field, the new and improved Hayward Field is out there. It's going to be a truly remarkable experience. Also, it's one of the fastest races in the country. It's simply put, you know, roughly 25% of people who run Eugene qualify for Boston, which is an insane stat because Eugene is two weeks after Boston, which means if you qualify for Boston at Eugene, you're probably not running there again next year. Right. This is not like some of the fall marathons, which can be great for qualifying for Boston, are awesome in their own right. People go back there year after year to qualify for Boston and then run Boston in the spring. And that can be a really exciting thing to do. However, that's not what happens at Eugene. People qualify for Boston and then they go run Boston and a new crop of runners come in and then they qualify for Boston as well. So what are you doing this spring? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to do exactly that. So join me at the Eugene Marathon. Do so today by going to eugenemarathon.com and check it out. Now, let's get into today's episode with my good friend, fellow podcaster, Lindsay Hine. She has one of the most popular running podcasts in the country. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine, one of the OGs in this space. And she is now a good friend of mine as well. And it's an honor to call her that because she's just so much fun and really enjoyable in this episode. We do a little exercise. Justin Sua, who you may know, uh, is a kind of a, a health coach and uh, mindset coach and his sports performance stuff with the Tampa Bay Rays and a variety of other uh, teams and individuals. And he is someone who has uh, really gained a lot of notoriety over on social media in these different forms of just posting really interesting things about health and performance and mindset and things like that. So he had a post going in to 2022 about like kind of cataloging what went right and didn't go right in 2021 and reframing things. And basically took that post and gave our answers to the 10 questions. Well, not 10. We we took out number four and number six. So eight of the 10 questions. Lindsay and I kind of chopped it up and this was really fun. So we talked about a little bit about what happened in 2021, but more of what we wanted to do in 2022, not just athletically, well, we certainly touch on that, but just holistically in our lives. And this is something that I know a lot of us uh, go through, not just this time of year, usually throughout the year at various points, but it can be nice to kind of go through these kinds of exercises. Um, and oftentimes, once you're in them, you start saying things that maybe you didn't plan on. I know, I know that happened to me in this episode. Uh, so, I hope you really enjoy it. If you haven't done so, go check out her podcast. If you're listening to mine, you are certainly familiar with Lindsay's. She has a whole host of podcasts as well. And the other one that she does that I'm a big fan of is Why Is Everybody Yelling? Um, this is a, her parenting podcast, which is really, really fun. So, all right, let's get into it with Lindsay Hine. Lindsay Hine is back. Welcome back, Lindsay. Hey, how's it going? 
I am so excited to chat with you, the busiest person that I know. No Lindsay way. Hine, um, <laughs> not only the host of one of my favorite running podcasts, but multiple podcasts. Got a whole, this whole Sandy Boy Productions crew. This is really exciting to have you on because we're talking all things 2022 with a little bit of recap of 2021. I feel like I talked to you offline plenty. I figured we'll just record this sucker. Um, this actually goes into some of the things that I want to do more of in 2022. So I don't want to like drop too many hints, but I'm excited for you to be here. I am excited to be here, and I kind of feel like I fell off the face of the earth for a couple months when we moved, but back to trying to be in regular communication with podcasting friends. Yeah, you did move. That was a that was a big undertaking. That is for sure. And I loved how you were like dropping hints. You were like, you you and Gwen Jorgensen had like your own little moving stories in 2021. I think you might have been one of the first people I told that we were moving, though. Oh wow! Because you texted me about something, and then I was like. I don't know why I brought it up, but I brought it up to you and it was like not definite yet. So I was telling you because I didn't want to tell anybody before before I really knew what was happening. I didn't want to be one of those people that's like, we're moving, maybe, you know, so you were in the know early. Wow. That 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 makes me feel good. So I was, exci- I, was I was so excited for you and like everybody else shocked because you've always you've always flown the indie flag. I'm still flying it, though. I still oh, love it. Yeah, I love it. We we just went back for the holidays and. It was it was really good to be back. I was ha- I'm happy that we're here, but like it's still a great city. So everybody should still go at some point. There you go. And there's so many reasons to go, right? I mean, there's Final Fours. You guys are hosting all sorts of things. It's like the it's like convention center craziness in downtown Indy. The mini marathon, monumental, Super Bowls, yeah, and, all, all sp- sports of all kinds. That's yeah. for sure. All right, so. I sent you something uh, a couple weeks ago that I thought was interesting. This was a post from Justin Sua. People may not know Justin Sua. He's kind of like a sports performance coach that works with a lot of athletes, works with some teams. I think right now he's employed by the Tampa Bay Rays for Major League Baseball, but he does a lot of stuff outside of um, his work with that particular team and posts all over the social medias. And he does great work. So we did a little thing, 10 questions to ask yourself before 2021 is over. Now 2021 is over. (laughs) Spoiler alert. With that said, I think there's still a lot of stuff on here. We're not going to do every single one of these questions. So if you've seen this post, you'll notice that we didn't, we're not going to go through every single one of these, but I thought this was could be fun and useful as we go into the new year. And I love just following your life. So part of me, just is just an excuse to, to hear your answers, frankly. Well, I think I need to follow this guy. You like assumed I knew who he was before we talked and I did it. And now I'm like, sounds like someone I need to follow. He's definitely like, I think he puts out a lot of useful stuff for sure. And like, he's like all about like athletic performance coaching. And I think like his kids are like now like getting into acting. I don't know. He's like someone who's like on the come up. Okay. He kind of like is in the mix between like performance athletic coach and then like business coach and like kind of in that Tony Robbins mold a little bit. So if someone's like into that sort of thing, he's uh, anyway, he's great for social media. That's for sure. I don't know if like he is like has a book in him, but social media content wise and spurring on interesting comments and conversations, I think he definitely does a pretty good job. Isn't it fun when you find someone like that and you're like, I can tell this guy's going to like do big things. And then like two years later, everybody knows who he is. And you're like, I found him two years ago. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's just like finding that band. It's like, no, yes. I like that. I like that band before anyone knew who they were. 
I like, saw them on the free stage at the fair. Right. Yes. Yes. Now that everyone likes them, I don't like them anymore. No. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it is funny. People don't get as territorial with social media folk that they find. Like, like if you were like one of the early, like the, the early adopters of a band, it's kind of like the opposite of an app, right? If you're an early adopter for an app, you want to tell everybody and you want it to get big. But if you're an early adopter for a band, you almost don't want them to be too successful because you want to be like in the in the know. It's my band, like Band of Horses. I feel like I came onto them way before anybody else did, but they still stayed like low enough key that a lot of people don't know how good they really are. Still, I don't know how good that is for the band, but for me, it's, oh, I'm it's one great. of them. I have no idea who that is. Okay, well, go check them out. Band of Horses, they're amazing. Band of Horses. That's funny. I thought this was like a fictional thing that you're bringing up. Like I'm just gonna make up a name. No, we'll talk about. No, here you go. See, is this, is this like a local indie band that like you literally like you went to a craft beer place and they they were playing in the corner? <laughs> No, I've seen them open. I think they opened for Pearl Jam ones. Like they're, oh gosh, they're, I'm really out of the loop. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're they're decently big. Like people know who they are. But um, the other thing, the other one, I was thinking someone that I came on to way before she blew up was Glennon Doyle. You know, she's like massive now. Everybody's read Untamed, but like I've been following along with her and reading her stuff for like seven years. So I feel like I like really, you know, I discovered her. Okay. <laughs> all the credit goes to you yeah you know what i mean you should just like have amy wan back on you guys and talk about how like you discovered her and amy wan back you know just came in abby, later abby abby I, abby wan back i said amy didn't i oh my listen God. i have pitched the shit out of trying to get both of them on my podcast after she ran new york city marathon and nobody's responding although glennon randomly follows me on twitter which is weird because she's massive and she has like, I don't know, 1,500. She only follows like 1,500 people. I don't know how I like snuck into that number. But I thought maybe since she follows me, she'll do it. And I'm, I've got nothing. But I'll keep trying. There you go. Yeah. See, well, maybe the next book comes out. Yeah. There we go. You know, because that's usually when they're more agreeable to do it. Oh, yeah. So they're like, all right, book tour coming. I don't really want to go anywhere. I'm just going to hit up every single podcast. Every podcast. Even the little, little rinky-dink ones. The rinky-dink ones. Oh, my God. Yours is crushing it. That's for sure. All right. So let's get into this. So the 10 questions to ask yourself before 2021 is over, but it's useful at any time of the year. So we'll do we'll go. go do you want to like do you want to alternate who goes first or do you have um, a you, you, you go for you? Well, you read it and then we can both figure out who talks. OK. All right. This is when, when Ali Feller and I do this. We always go back and forth. We're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be the order. We'll just figure it out. All right. So number one, what am I grateful that happened this year, meaning 2021. All right. So I'm going to let you ease into this. I'll start off first with this one just so we can kind of get into it. Okay. For me, it was getting to race in races, right? I The virtual race scene was cool. Watching everyone do FKTs was fun and interesting. Getting back and doing actual in-person races, for me, it was the Richmond uh, Half Marathon, but just being there for that whole weekend was fun. And then the California International Marathon, racing that, just the in-person race experience was, gosh, like you think you know, but then you forget. And I'm not a huge racer, so it's easy for me to forget sometimes. But it was just so much fun and being out there with everybody um, and just being in a place where like I kind of would bump into people that I knew on the course, like during the race, not just like at the expo and stuff like that. And actually bumping into people at CIM during the course during the race that I'd had on the show. So fun. That was like, this is, this is fantastic. And um, just that whole experience, I was so grateful for that because not only was I looking forward to it, but it actually exceeded my expectations. 
I, that sounds amazing. There, I love running into people at races. You know, I haven't run a race since before the pandemic. Well, I was the same way until like a month and a half ago. Yeah, I'm not like against it. I just haven't made it in a priority and I'm not running for fast times right now. So I'm like, yeah, what's the point really? But um, I'm excited. This sh- I Actually, the Donna Marathon, I'm doing the half um, the weekend of February 5th. So um, yeah. One month be, away. Yeah, that'll be my first race. And I'm not racing. I'm running for fun. I, I have no no fast moves in my body right now, but it'll be so good to see people. I don't know. I heard the podcast that you did with Jessica, which was fantastic, by the way. She's and amazing. I, you know, I was telling everyone about that. That was a great, great episode. And I heard the the uh, the inkling in your voice near the end of that podcast, and you're like, I don't know, man. You just did some awesome things, and I could tell that you were like, all right, this is all right. This is going to be the year. You know, post Sandy, I'm going to make this happen. Oh, oh yeah, he's going to be freaking four this year. It's insane. Um, no, I just like, you know, I get in like bursts where for like three weeks, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting fit. I feel good. And then I'll have like two weeks where I'm like, it's too much. It's just too much. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll do something. But um, I am, I was thinking about this. I am grateful. I think just that our kids have been back in person school in 2021. I mean, that, that has been a game changer. And we had a really long summer. Our kids got out of school in May and then we moved and we were all one big happy family here at the house for like, you know, four or five weeks with nobody in any childcare. And once they went back to school, it was like, okay, we can get some sort of normalcy in our lives back. And they are so much happier when they're in school. So I would say I'm grateful that for the most part, um, school has been able to be in person. Yeah, that's a really good one. Thank you, yeah. teachers. I might want I might want to redo mine. <laughs> This is always what happens. Whenever I do this sort of thing, I'll give my answer. Then the guest gives an answer. I'm like, oh, I like your answer better than mine. But um, yeah, that was, and especially for us, because we work from home. Yeah. It's so it's like, like, hey, I can work when the sun is out now because I couldn't before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, the TV was a pretty good babysitter for a lot of times last year, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and also just like, yeah, I think everybody just needs a routine. Like kids are kids, kids are made to have routines. And so, um, that's just as good for them as it is for us, I'd say. All right. So what hard thing, moving on to number two, what hard thing did you overcome last year? Um, I know this, I I think just like moving, I, that's wicked hard. Yeah. Like you underestimate how hard it is. And you always hear that it's one of like the most stressful things you can do. Um, and moving to a different state, you know, we've lived, my husband and I both have lived in Indiana our entire lives. And so last move we made was two and a half miles from one house to the next. And we had one kid. And so everything felt a little bit simpler then. So just moving and really like with our move, I feel like a lot of our friends and family questioned us like, well, why are you guys even doing this? You don't need to do this. It's like, you're not being forced to move for work. We kind of chose to do this. So overcoming those doubts, like, am I being like, what am I doing? You know? And so um, then moving into a new neighborhood where I knew nobody, not one person. And so just really putting myself out there, like introducing myself to every neighbor that walks by in hopes that, you know, a couple people will end up being my good friends. Um, so yeah, I think I think that that's probably the hardest thing 
this year we've done. Right. And then in, in just with the kiddos, and usually they're super resilient, but you always have that or that fear that like something's going to go wrong or you put them in a new scenario and things don't go well and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and you know, usually things work out just fine, but you give that parental guilt, especially if like, you know, you, you can change something, go back and, and do it over again in a way that maybe would alleviate some of that. Yeah. And every once in a while, Lewis, our, our second kid, he'll be like, why did we move here? I want to go back to Indianapolis. And that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But also I see all their little buddies that they found in the neighborhood. And um, in all reality, this neighborhood really makes more sense for them as far as like being able to free range around and find buddies and just run around the neighborhood. They might not, re- he might not realize it yet, but looking back, he's going to be really grateful. We we were able to move into this neighborhood. I mean, the, the neighborhood we moved into is just kid central. And that's what I would have dreamed of as a kid. I lived out in the country and I was so jealous of those kids in neighborhoods who could just go play with friends without their parents having to pick them up and drop them off. So this is, it's good for them. Oh yeah. I lived in one of those neighborhoods growing up and it was like, even in the moment you're like, this is crazy. Like, yeah, like, like is this real reality? Right. Instead of being like, oh, who should, who, who can I play with today? It's like, all right, am I making someone feel bad by not playing with yeah. them today? Yeah. So it's great. All right. So for me, I don't have anything that was like super hard I overcame. Um, so I, I can't pretend like, you know, that this is like some sort of like, wow, look at me, man. Aren't I impressive? But it was for me, I guess the, the, especially from like a podcasting slash running perspective, I would say the one thing was, you know, when I did mastering 40, that was fun and exciting, but it didn't end well, right? It ended with an injury. It was so anticlimactic. It was such a bummer. And it was basically just a repeat of like what had happened with every other year of running for like the last decade. Uh, so that, that sucked. Um, you know, I think people liked that I chronicled it in a way that was fairly realistic and I didn't really pull any punches with that stuff, but I did like the fact that I kind of rebounded from it when I got healthy and was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to run CIM. And like, I didn't care what my time was. I didn't care anything about it. It was more just like, I'm not, I'm not just going to like, you know, tank another one of these suckers and like, then just not, you know, get it, not, you know, not really get into another race or uh, another challenge simply because I'm down in the dumps. And I was, I was definitely down in the dumps about it. So uh, I kind of liked that. I, I kind of stepped it up to the plate a little bit and was like, no, I'm going to run CIM and, you know, we'll see how it goes. And um, it really doesn't matter how it went. It was just more of like, all right, I want to go through the process of training for it. And that's exactly what happened. And it's nice to start this year um, fit, right? I don't have to be like, all right, I'm going to get into shape now, you know? And it's like, I've done that so many times and I'll get into this, like leads into like another thing I'm going to mention, but um, you know, it was just nice to be like, all right, I'm going to start training for a race, not from like the, you know, the couch to 5k or couch to 10k or couch to marathon type scenario, which just feels like I, I do more often than I should. Um, what did you do? Like when you felt really sad after or not sad, but like, whatever you felt like bummed out about it, not going well with mastering 40, like what got you back on your feet? I would say a lot of the times it becomes like external motivation. Mm-hmm. So like for me, a lot of it's like, Hey, got a running podcast. Like can't really hide here. <laughs> um, the other thing is like, I also coach and I have that like, not imposter syndrome, but like, if I'm not out there, like, you know, working hard, I am kind of like, all right, I'm not at an age where I'm like, all right, I'm 67 years old. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> crushing races anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'm just coaching where it's like, no, no, no. 
I'm like younger than a number of the athletes I coach. Like there's no reason why I can't go out there and, and do things. So it was definitely that, that also like, again, it was more internalized pressure, but ex, you know, kind of external centric, but me kind of internalizing um, that dynamic and going from there. And then ultimately, you know, which was kind of like the, the point of whenever I'm training pretty well is maybe I start with this external motivator, but ultimately it becomes like this internal thing of like, okay, set, you know, whatever goals they happen to be, but more like internalized goals, like, all right, becoming the the best version of myself given the circumstances and then potentially even reframing what that could be. Cause I can't, you know, that these days I'm, 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 I'm now out of the business of trying to guess what my potential is. Um, cause frankly, I'm never, you know, none of us are really good at it and I'm terrible at it. So I'm just like, I'm just not even going to, you know, set those kind of limits anymore because I'm just really bad at setting them in the first place. Yeah, I think that setting limits is like, I, I always think about this with times, marathon times and running. It's like, if I, if I like say, this is what I think I'm capable of, I won't know what I'm actually capable of. So there's no point to actually set that limit. And I feel like what you were saying, the external motivation, I think sometimes people can like think of that as a negative thing. And it can be if like, all you want is like that external validation. But I don't think there's a dang thing wrong with using external motivation to give yourself a kick in, kick in the rear. Like I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that that's what one of the beautiful things with the running community online can be. It's like, oh, she can do it. I can do it too. Like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that that's cool that that external motivating factor helped you get in your head internally. Right. Yeah, exactly. The whole rising tide thing as opposed to like pull pull someone down. Like it's not competitive, yeah. right? right? It's not like that's why it's so cool while you and I like treasure having like Kira D'Amato and Sarah Vaughn on because you had people out of the woodwork who's like, hey, I don't follow professional running, but it's cool hearing someone who's like living a similar life as I am who's really going after their athletics in a way that's like way beyond that I what I thought was possible. Um, you know, even if you take talent out of the mix, uh, it's fun having those kind of folks on again with the idea of like, Hey, look what they're doing, you know, and, and maybe you can internalize some of that. I know Kira posted recently about like some of the house, like her realtor type stuff on Instagram. And I was like, how in the freaking world did she have time to do that too? I do not understand. She's superwoman For sure. And I'm okay with some, some people, you know what? Some people have some sort of like extra drive and motivation and just get shit done. And she's one of those people. Right. Right. Yeah. Stephanie Flippin's another person on here. Oh, um, totally. She's like, Oh yeah. I own my own medical practice. And I was also nominated for USATF ultra runner of the year. Um, also I didn't run in college, so, you know, I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> she's amazing. She's one of my favorite interviews I think that I've ever done. Oh yeah. I completely agree. All right. I've, um, well, okay, I've interviewed her like 55 times. People <laughs> listening to this already know my feelings on that. I'm um, sorry. All right, let's see here. All right, number three, what did 2021 teach you or me? I guess I'll go first since you went sure. first last time. What did 21 teach me? All right, so this was something that it wasn't a new lesson, but now it is crystallized. It is, I will not be relearning this lesson now for the 12th year in a row, which I feel like is um, basically what I've done. And that is seasonal effort on things that you really care about is just not going to work. It's just not enough. So there are certain things where that's more than acceptable. 
right? You don't have to, I hate the phrase, how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, mm. knock it off with that nonsense. Get like, out no, of here. How, how I do the dishes is not equivalent to how I do my marriage. Like, no. I love that. The, the people who say that are coaches who want to basically micromanage every area of their athlete's life. That's the only person who uses that quote. And because like, if I can't, if I like brush my dog with the same kind of care that like I'm going to read to my children, <laughs> then I'm probably doing my children a disservice. So no, with that quote, with that said, I said, take the things that you care about. You can't just give in that seasonal effort, which is something I've done with running before, not really with the podcast, which is nice and not really with coaching, but certainly with athletics from time to time, and certainly other areas of my life. And this was just a great, a great example of, you know, you just can't be doing that if you really want to have high level results. And um, for me, this year was a great example of that. And again, like the 10th year in a row, learning that lesson. This is going to be the year, Lindsay, that it sticks. I'm not going to relearn this lesson this year. Mastering 41. Mastering 40. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep the countdown going or um, count up. I love your hot take on that quote, though, because it's so true. It's like, oh, well, I'm really good at some things, but like, I'm really not great about making sure I cook dinner for my family every night. Like, that's just not like something I do with a lot of of passion. And yeah, that's so good. I love it. Right. Because you, you hear that quote, be like, oh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And usually it's a coach who's like, hey, you didn't put your... I don't know, your, 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 like, uh, your practice jersey in the hamper. You're like, see, if you didn't do that, then I can't trust you in the fourth quarter. It's like, they're not the same. Yeah. Stop pretending like they're the same. Right. And, um, so whenever I hear that, I always think like, like coach, you're the same person who's like in a press conference after the game, like snubbing every reporter. Does that mean that you snub every person in your life because you use that quote as well? Like, no, of course not. Get out of here with that nonsense. Listen, Matt, you need to add, you need to uh, weave that hot take into your social media content calendar. Okay. There it is. Oh, that's what I, I think that's on here. Planning my work day. I think that's one of my, my things <laughs> coming up. So I, I can, I can, I can fold that in. All right. How about you? Okay. What did 2021 teach me? I feel like a lot, but I'll start with, um, I'm a people person and I really feel like if it's four o'clock and I don't have like some sort of plan to like connect with a friend or do something that it makes me feel like sad or mopey. But I think that in moving, what I learned is that it's okay. It's okay to be alone. Like it's okay to need people. We all need people. We need connection. It's like a very integral, important part of life, connecting with other humans. However, I have learned that it's okay to be alone and to not have plans on Friday night and to just be. And so sometimes plans that's hard on for Friday me. night. What is that? Well, I don't mean like big plans. I mean <laughs> like co- cocktails on my neighbor's porch. Oh, that sounds fun. Though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like things that were really easy and natural in my old neighborhood where I was so comfortable with all my friends and it wasn't like anything that had to be planned. It was just like, I'm going to text you at four and be like, what are you doing, you know, in the next hour or two? It's like I had to get comfortable knowing that, like, that wasn't going to be immediate here and that I can sit in, you know, being with myself and my family and that's okay. And those relationships will come. But, um, yeah, and I don't always want it to be like that, but I think that there's a time 
where you can really grow and learn a lot about yourself if you give yourself the time to be alone more. That's a good one. I like that. You are very social. I've been, I have been low key jealous of your social life from afar. Like you well, it's always not, like, it's not a big social life. No, but it's good. No, but like how you mentioned, like you're just like, you're just, you know, do little things with people. And I feel like it's easy for me to plan the bigger things. Like, hey, we're having Sunday dinner with somebody. Or like, not to say that like we're hosting Sunday dinner every night, but like, you know, we're always doing stuff with family that's a little bit more like, hey, like this is like a weekly thing or whatever, as opposed to like the spontaneous, like, hey, do you want to hang out? Like, I definitely dropped the ball on that. Um, so that's, uh, that's interesting, but definitely understandable. Give me spontaneous any day over planned. Planned stresses me out. Like planned gives me anxiety because I'm like, what if something comes up? What if I don't feel good? What if, you know, whatever. But if it's spontaneous and it works out, I'm like, this is awesome. This is so fun. That's the Enneagram 7 in me coming out. Oh, there you go. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done the Enneagram, so I can't, I can't comment on that. But that's, uh, no, I hear you. I, 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 I certainly agree with that. I'm, I'm like the more the spontaneous caller, as you know. Oh, totally. As you well know. <laughs> but I told you that. I love that. Because I'm way more likely to just answer the phone on a whim then if you're like, hey, can we plan a call at this time? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not totally sure what I'm doing at that time tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I do. Oh, gosh. Do I know what you mean? Oh, for sure. All right. All right. We're skipping number four okay. because well, it's just too, it's just too sappy. So we're, we're moving on to number five. Okay. Number five. How am I different from the person I was in January? So last January, did you have a strong feeling about this one? I'm seeing, looking at your face. You can't give me like, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm very different. I think I just posted on Instagram on, when I was going for a run on the January 1st that said, New Year, same me. <laughs> so just going for a run, living my life, not changing up anything too different, which, you know, is why I'm one of the reasons I'm so passionate about running. I just think it's like a way of life, you know, an active way of life. So I don't know. I don't think I have a good one for that. Do you? I do have one because I feel like this year, I have a wildly different perspective on how I want to approach my athletic self. Mm -hmm. So last year during Mastering 40 and for a time before that as well, I definitely had like feelings of what I was capable of doing and what I wasn't. Now, I don't think that I had like major like restrictions. Like I definitely was, I feel like pretty optimistic about what I could do, but I definitely had like a hard cap on what I could do. And definitely as from my goals perspective and probably even more harsh um, feeling of like what I could do on a day to day or week to week basis. And that really came out during that series. So this year I'm just embracing it like completely different. So almost like an act as if mentality of like, all right, how would I approach these things? If like, I knew that everything would work. Mm. So if all the workouts, if I just kept getting better, all the prehab stuff works, all the post-run stuff works, and I was just going to continue to improve and improve and improve, and that I was capable of doing all this stuff. And before, I would kind of get in my own head about it and just say, no, like, hey, there's not saying like there are no limits, like Elliot Kipchoge saying that, like I'm going to break two hours or anything like that, but really saying like, hey, I know people my age who have similar athletic ability, who've done amazing things. And I'm not going to compare myself to them apples to apples, but like, hey, if I do this and don't put any limits on what I think is possible, where could I be in a couple of years? Because I haven't really strung that together. So I've just basically gone the way of saying, all right, I'm not going to prejudge anything 
about my athletic potential in terms of where I can go. So no prejudging at all and just saying, all right, so let's assume that everything's going to work and get the mentality, the positive mentality of like, all right, let's just live in that space and just, you know, if, if things go great, perfect, right on schedule. If things don't go great, that's fine. No big deal. You know, probably learn more from the negative than the positive anyway. So we're just keep the train moving. Because um, I think before I've always been in the, the habit of trying to classify where I was as an athlete um, not compared to specific individuals, but just generally speaking. And I feel like that has hamstrung me in the past. So I'm just, just not doing it at all anymore. Just going to like, just, just let it rip, I guess. I love that. You just put your head down and do the work and don't assume anything. Just like, or assume that you can like assume that. Yeah, that is. I'm definitely, I definitely, that's the second part is definitely right. Yeah. So it's not, that you not, can, like not that you taking can't. the assumptions out. It's like trying to be super hyper optimistic that like, hey, great things are in the process of happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's really something to that like quiet confidence that people have. And if you don't assume that good things can happen, like that just shows a lack of confidence. So it sounds like you've like figured out a way to lean into your confidence and like believing in yourself. I mean, that's that's what really successful people do. They believe in themselves. Yeah, and I'm trying to like go like way beyond anything I've done in the past in that realm. So not just like believing in myself. And I know that's not how you meant it, but like more like, like, like ultra hyper belief, like yeah. almost like how you would like believe in your kid as they were like getting ready to do something that you knew they could do. Right. Like, so they're about to like take their training wheels off their bike. Right. And you're like, this is going to happen. I have no doubts. Like no matter what happens today, they're going to be able to ride their bike. Like there's no question in my mind. Um, and that's kind of like how I'm going to approach it. Like with my own running, like the same, that, that same sort of like um, view from afar. That's really, a, that's a really good analogy. I love that. That's so good. What do you, do you have like, um, like certain numbers you want to break in the marathon and whatnot? Yeah. Definitely. I think I think I like are you going huge... to announce it? <laughs> I wasn't planning on it, but I um <laughs> <laughs> I would I have huge goals for like you know in the next 2 or 3 years. Like one thing that I'm going to be talking about a lot on this podcast over the next couple of years is the um the age group world championships at London in London. So if anyone heard my podcast with Tracy Hunter, then we did a huge deep dive on this. I don't know if you know Tracy, she's from Indiana as well. Um, and you know, like if you look at like the like the age group world championships from the masters perspective, they are ambitious, they are ambitious times, they are really, really well done. However, they're not like so far out of their own possibility. They definitely kind of fit in that nice little niche for a masters runner between BQ and OTQ. Okay. And it's like, all right, like you go on there and you're like, hey, where, this is possible for, for a lot of people. If you put in, you know, the, the, the time and effort needed. Now, it's not like a three month goal or anything, but it's a longer term thing. But you look at it you're like, all right, like if I'm breaking three hours in the marathon, like this is a legit possibility. And it's like, well, who's to say I can't do that? So uh, it's harder than a BQ, Lord knows, but it's not like the OTQ either. So. I like the idea of doing that, and that's going to be a moving target because if that gets more popular, then the times will go down because it's like each each five-year category has like, you know, the amount of people that can qualify. So it starts off at 100, and then it goes down per age group. But I look at that and like, all right, you know, why, is, why, 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 why isn't that reasonable if I, you know, can, can 
really go after this for for a couple years straight. I mean, I wish I had that kind of motivation right now. It's going to come back, right? I'm je- I'm kind of jealous of your like fire in your belly. I haven't felt like this in a long time. Okay. Like probably like since high school. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, that was when I was like, all right, I'm going to play college basketball. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to play college basketball. And like, you know, I'm not the tallest guy. Like we've never met in person. Like I'm 5'8". Like I'm not tall. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like that worked out. But I kind of had, that's that's kind of how I feel now. It was like that Listen, same that same sort of drive. So I'm glad you gave me a heads up about that. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would have been surprised by the five eight. I think I would have guessed closer to six foot. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was the thing. It was, it was nice hanging out like with all my basketball friends. I could always find them in the bar. Like, you could never <laughs> find me, but I could I could spot them from a from a mile away. That's for oh, sure. That's good. That's good. All right, um, so we're we're skipping we six. Okay, we're, we're skipping, skipping six, six. Going to seven. This is going to be you. What? Okay. Do you need to start doing in the new year? Oh, using my calendar more. <laughs> that's that's um, mine. That's oh, planning is. out my days the day before because I feel like the days get away from me so fast. Yeah, I mean, I I do so much better with making sure I get things done if I just simply write it down. And sometimes I just like don't make things a priority, and they should be, and they could be really easy, simple priorities. And if I just write it down, I just bought the simplified planner. That's the planner I got for 2022. I, I put a like Instagram question out about planners. And a lot of people were like, do people still use paper planners? And I'm like, I have a I have a dry erase board, a paper planner, a Google planner, and I use all of them about 30% of the time. So maybe I should just use one. <laughs> and they're not synced up. So yeah, exactly. Um I know I said something on my dry erase calendar. My neighbor was like, who uses dry erase boards these days in 2021? I'm like, oh my gosh, I love a dry erase board. I don't know that I use it as well as I should, but do you love a dry erase board? Oh, I used to have a huge one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got it for, for basketball. So I would do recruiting. I would put all my recruiting lists on my dry erase board and I would go through who I was calling each night and all of that. And like, I'd have the guards, I have the forwards, I have the centers, and then I have like draw plays on there, which was always fun. And then um, I did start using it for the show, but yeah, it didn't quite. And then also, it was, you know, once I got married, it was a little bit of an eyesore. So then it kind of got tucked away. So um, I didn't use it for a while, but I was definitely, on the whole, I'd say I'm pro dry erase board. I'm pro dry. Well, I, I think I I think I dream about it more than I, I use it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I have big dreams for the dry erase board and it doesn't ever, it's never comes to fruition like I imagine. I did do a talk for Kelly, half, um, uh, More Miles, More Fun, you know, Happy Runner. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I did it on Zoom and I and I wrote out this talk and I put the dry erase board above my camera on my computer and I used it. And I was like, this is awesome. This is what I imagined this dry erase board would be for. That's awesome. I can see you using it for your, your garage lifting. Oh, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we got a really nice one. And, you know, we went all out on that garage at our old house and had this amazing home gym. And then now we moved into a house that has like a garage half the size and it's fine. But that dry erase board is still sitting in the corner of the garage yet to be hung on the wall. And it's like so heavy duty. I don't even trust Glenn to do it. So I'm like, you got I'm going to recruit a neighbor to come down because you need two people. It is like, you know, a big deal. But yeah, we did. We did use it in the garage and it was fun. Um, so yeah, pro dry erase board. All right. So I, I we, we had the same answer. I had that. I had, yeah, planning out my day ahead of time because gosh, 
just the worst. The also worst. meal planning. Just I say that every year, basically monthly, weekly. I, we need to just meal plan so that Dude, I don't you stand. you four kids. We can't meal plan with four kids. There's like, they don't eat it. No matter what you plan, they're not going to eat it. Well, this is my thing. I know people always say that to me. They're like, I just make me a meal and if the kids don't like it, they don't like it. I'm like, yes, but they have to eat food. And yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm not that hardcore. I'm just kind of like, no. I kind of free will it. One of my kids like only eats granola bars. Okay. So what, basically what we've figured out is there's always an option for peanut butter toast and there's always a fruit that everybody likes. And if you don't like what we're eating, which no, usually one kid, maybe two kids do, um, they get peanut butter toast and a cut up apple. There you go. That's Boom. it. I'm Done. not making separate meals. We do the same thing with cereal. Oh, c- or cereal. Yeah, that's a great one. It's like, it's not, it's not it's something that you don't have to put extra effort for. But I will say a lot of times things get set out on the table and then I'm like, oh, I forgot the peanut butter sandwiches. And I'm like running to the kitchen, making those real quick and throwing them out there. Uh, um, but yeah, like, I mean, we had like fancy grilled cheese and tomato soup last night. Fancy grilled cheese meaning like We had that not. for my wife's birthday. I didn't make it. She requested it. Her mom made her that exact thing. I'm like, we I need mean, to have this more often. This is great. This is what amazing. you want for your birthday. Then we can have it any day. Well, and Glenn, because Glenn cooked it, of course, my husband, um, it put artichoke in it, like artichoke tomato soup. Oh, oh so it gives it like so good. But anyway, um, I think one person ate a grilled cheese and one person ate the grilled cheese and tomato soup and everybody else had like granola bars and peanut butter toast. So oh my God, whatever. that's funny. Yeah, yeah, this, this is like classic parenting. So I, we had that that night. And my, my, my son loves, absolutely loves grilled cheese. He'll have it every day. If you could. Me too. And yet, once you know it, we're having it for dinner. So the whole family's having it. So what does he say? I don't like grilled cheese. I don't like grilled cheese. You're like, it's your favorite food. BS. Like there is, the, it's, it's not even like, there's not even a competition for what your favorite food is. It's grilled cheese. How is, how are you opting out of this? Was it the wrong kind of bread? Dude, he didn't even look at it. He was just like, <laughs> just like, we just said, like, oh, we're having grilled cheese tonight. Like, no, I'm not. I'm like, oh, okay. Glad we, glad we cleared that up. All right. Number eight. What do you need to stop doing in 2022? I know we have to step on the gas here. You got to pick up you have kids. You got to pick up a kid soon. Uh, it's okay. We'll I just of, have to leave we'll, my we'll, we'll buzz through this. Or right, what do you need to stop doing in 2022? I think I want to spend less time on social media, like scrolling. And I think I balance it decently well. But I I do think I still have – it's too much. So I just think that, like, the constant input of other people's lives and also um, that's Instagram, but then, like, Twitter is, like, all the news. And it's just, like, the constant stream of stuff in my brain. A, it's, like, not good for anybody's anxiety. Um, and it's not a productive. I think a little bit is fine, but it's too much. And so – just finding a way to um, like indulge less in that. And I broke my phone over Christmas, like right when we got to Indiana and I didn't have my phone for 12 days. Oh boy. I felt like this huge relief. I was like, ah, it's gone, you know? Nice. Because I wanted to take a little bit of a break anyway. Um, And I was like, oh, it's gone. I don't have to think about it. And I don't even know what I'm thinking about, but I, and I think that if anybody says, oh, it's not an issue for me, then I don't know, they carry around a flip phone or something. But um, 
there's just this constant draw to check. And I don't even know why. And so, um, yeah. And so it was nice. I did get on social media a couple of times over the break. I just downloaded stuff on Glenn's phone and used that. I mean, we drove back from Indiana 10 and a half hours. And I was like, I got to get, I got to do something in this car. I'm so bored. <laughs> um, but I think that, I think that, I think there needs to be a plan of action or some sort of like boundary though. Um, because if I don't set the boundary, I won't even, I won't even have anything to like shoot for. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I also have social media on here, but I'm kind of going in the other direction. Well, in a way, so I, I definitely want to do less of just like scrolling for scrolling sake. But I want to do more of two things. First of all, engaging with people on social media. I'm on I'm on Instagram all the time, but I'm, a lot of time I'm just scrolling. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. not I'm not really interacting. And I'm like, well, what, what the point? what's the point? I'm here already. Like, take the next step. Um, and not just like from a business perspective, but just like overall, like it's just a, it's a better experience. So if I'm going to be in it, like be in it. That's all. Yeah, like, like be social. Yeah. Put social in the social media. <laughs> Don't just view it as like billboards that you're driving past. Um, right. And like, what are these people actually doing? Am I excited about it? Like, how can I encourage them? You know? Right. Like use it as a chance to be social. And that's what yeah. I don't do. I basically use it as a chance to be antisocial, which yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. You just sit um, there. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. I love that face. We should have, we should have screen <laughs> captured that. That was perfect. Um, and then the other part of this is like, I am in the habit now of just assuming that I don't need to worry about social media trends. Like oh. not like within an app, but like, Hey, just all other apps. Like, no, I have Twitter and Instagram. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need to learn anything else ever. It's like that might work in the short term, but probably not in the long term, right? Like you can't just do that forever. So I think I need to do a better job of at least like sampling different social media apps uh, as they come up and become more popular. I don't have to be at the forefront of this stuff. I don't have to be an early adopter, but I don't like the fact that like I've let like certain apps just completely go past me without really giving them any, any look at all. And I'm like, all right, like that, that wasn't a really a need for that. I don't know why I like stood on this, like, you know, like stood on this hill of like, I will not interact on that app. Like who do you, who, who are you to say that that's not, that that was a good idea, you know? So I think that I need to do a better job of at least sampling what, what these apps that are becoming popular are doing and then make an informed decision. And I don't have to be engaged on everything, but like, I just assuming that I'm not going to do it, I don't think is a worthwhile process. I mean, I've been hoping TikTok will go away for like three years now, though. How's that to be going? Honest. I know, right? Well, I just thought about <laughs> I'm not, this, I don't use it either, so I can't, I'm not going to like pretend, but like, it's funny. But I'm stupid because I just did a reel the other day and I was like, I, I might as well at least, it's the same thing. I might as well at least throw it up on TikTok. You know, I, I haven't logged on to TikTok in probably a year and a half though. So back in the day, Glenn convinced me to get off and that it was terrible. And then I never got back on. But I'm like, I guess I thought it was going to go away. I really did. But remember, like Periscope, there's been like trends that just come and go. But obviously, that's not one of them. So right. Well, that was that they were bought by Twitter. And they just became Twitter Live. Oh, Periscope. Yeah. And does anybody do Twitter Live? No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, do you post on LinkedIn? No, I'm trying to start posting on LinkedIn. Your organic like, growth over there is, is legit, so I know I should, but I, I don't. I know. It's just, I, I always feel like, it's not Instagram. Like, you got to post something a little bit different. Like, should I just post episodes? How do I do this? I can't, I haven't really figured it out, but I'm like, I, you, I mean, it's might as well just 
throw something up there once a week at least. Yeah, I think for podcasts, it's like you can take like if you take like a like what did you learn from this show? Yeah, little bullet or like you know like so like half my day is spent coaching. It's like you know coaching tips of the week or whatever. Right? That's a good idea. Stuff like that. All right, number nine. What do you want to or what do you need to I should say keep doing in twenty twenty two? I mean, this is talk about big. Um, all right, I'm gonna say keep reaching out to my peers. And I wrote in parentheses. In fact, probably do more of this. So I feel like there. Are, I do. I do this in in, in spurts. But I, I like I like doing it. I feel like it's an engaging, fun conversations, and I always learn stuff. And the other thing is, like you don't know what you don't know, and we're all so siloed in this that it can be like you kind of lose track of certain things. So I think that's something I want to make sure that I keep doing in 2022. I think I'm one of your peers, right? I think you do. I like really, to think so. Yeah, you do. Like I don't know anybody that does it better than you. I don't. I nobody reaches out to me like you do. I'm serious. Like. I think that you are amazing at that. So yeah, you're right. Keep doing it. Oh, well, thank you. That's nice of you to say. All right, how about you? What are you doing? I think I, I made a word. I know that people make fun of this, like, oh, your word for the year. <laughs> um, but I chose my word for the year to be present. And I think- Presence? More presence. presence. I'll also oh, take more oh, okay. presence. Gotcha. Evil, okay. evil queen candle, damn it's early. That's my favorite scent, just so you know. Um, no, I think, and I think I did a fairly good job of that last year beyond like, I have anxiety, like I have worries and things like that. And I'm trying really hard to like, not worry about the future and health and things like that. But like, um, I think just being present with my family and, you know, I'm super intentional in the mornings. Like when one of my kids gets up in the morning and comes and sits on my lap, I think in the first few years of parenting, it just, that really stressed me out and kind of like made me angry if they got up earlier than I thought they were going to. And, you know, all that, because I'm trying to get work done or read or whatever. And, um, I think I've finally came to this place where I've just like really enjoy that morning time, even if it interrupts what I was doing. And so, and then just like, you know, like, when we're at kids' soccer games and trips and things like that, just like being there and being nowhere else. And so um, I think I've done a good job of that last year, and I'm going to continue to try really hard to do that because, I mean, that's what we have right now, you know? There you go. All right, last one, number 10. What is something that you can do every day to make yourself 1% better um, as you progress through the year? For me, this is... Just consuming an article a, a day, um, some sort of content related to either coaching or media or podcast, something that's not just for entertainment value, but like professional development value. It doesn't have to be enormous stuff like feature stories or books and stuff like that. Just little things. Like even if it's like, hey, it's Tuesday morning. So Mario's Mario Frioli's morning shakeout's coming out this morning, which means at the end of each one, there's like the workout of the week that he likes to put in there. Like that's that's useful for me. I like hearing what Mario has to say about different workouts or like, you know, like David Roche has his, has his weekly uh, column on trail runner mag, like reading something like that. And it's just an example off the top of my head, but like reading stuff like that and, and doing the same thing in the podcasting space, because they're simple, they're easy to do. They're usually, if you, especially if you follow people on Twitter that are associated with these genres, like it's basically just like, they just come and tell you what they put out there. So it's not even hard to find, but it's just a matter of like, 
am I just going to make it a practice? And then by the end of the year, you probably can learn a whole heck of a lot. So I think that's something that I, I consume a lot of content, but I don't necessarily go out of my way to consume professional development related content, maybe as often as I should. You know what I struggle with though, when I do that is then actually implementing it. Like I read, I've read all the books. Like I recently ish, I shouldn't say it was March. I read Maria, Marie Forleo, Forleo's everything is figure outable. And she had so many practical ways to apply everything in the book, like steps as you read it. And I did none of it. So it's like going out of the way to then make those small changes and take those steps after reading it. You know, that's what's hard for me. Um, I will say 1% better every day. I'm going to go back to what we originally started the conversation with um, is people and connection. Like, you know how I was saying, I've learned it's okay to be alone it's, it's okay to be with people, but it's also, it's, you know, we need that connection. It's okay to be alone. So I'm going to say making sure that I'm intentionally reaching out to people outside of my immediate family and like people that I work with every day to just connect with them and say like, how was your day or how are you feeling or how's your job interview or how's your training going? Like just connect with people and see like how they're doing like and not and take it off of me. So I think that's what that's what I'll do because you you get inspired oh, when yeah. you hear from other people and also like there's a reason that like serving other people and like volunteering is good for your soul <laughs> you know what I mean so um, I also think that goes with like checking up on other people and investing and caring about what their lives are about so true and just those informal conversations yes you know they matter they matter and, and we've never seen a better example of this than. The conversion, and understandably so, from the office setting to the work from home setting for a lot of people in the business pro- in the business world. Like one of the nice things about being in an office is unscheduled, informal communication between people that you never know where it's going to lead, and it might not be like some unbelievable grand plan, but things can just kind of germinate over time. And and um, yeah, I'm all for that. Although sometimes I will say, Glenn's on calls with people at work. And I'm like, you guys are just shooting the shit, man. Don't you have work to do? This seems like, and he's like, that's all part of the process, the relationships. I'm like, oh boy, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at this. We're, we're literally doing the exact same thing right now. And we're we're, we're, we're turning into a podcast. Lindsay, this has been so much fun. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug before we get going? Um, I don't think so. I I need to get to planning some guests for both of my shows, but I would just plug, you know, if you are a runner, come listen to I'll Have Another. If you are a parent or that's something you are interested in, come listen to Why Is Everyone Yelling? And I have a new website. Sandy Boy Productions just had a facelift. So check out our new website, sandyboyproductions.com. I love it. Lindsay, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Matt. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Huge shout out to the Eugene Marathon. I hope I see you there. I'm really excited about this race. I'm so excited to be going to Eugene. I've never been there before. It's a historic place, a great race, and just an all-around good time. So head to eugenemarathon.com today to go check that out. I hope you have a great day and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. 
Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest of states these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.